As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Life Mastery with Todd Allen, the talk radio show that dives into the science of higher consciousness. Join Todd and his guests weekly at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and learn how to live a peaceful life with intentional mastery. Enjoy a survey of inspiring topics such as abundance, intention, health, manifestation, love, and transformation. It's all right here. Leading authors, speakers, coaches, entrepreneurs with stories and messages to support your well-being, let alone your most evocative dreams hey hey it's another groovy day and everybody knows why if you've listened to the show before because it's life mastery radio day that's why my name's todd allen and today is july 21st of 2015 21st of july wow my i'm going to give a shout out to a friend of mine whose birthday is today and this is also the anniversary of man walking on the moon But Tina Marie, who got me started in radio, happy birthday. My goodness, I just realized that. Before we get started, let's just take a minute and get ourselves centered, situated, relaxed, and ready for a great show. Stretch those arms out and wiggle those wrists and reach for the, reach for the universe. And let's take in a deep breath. And let that breath out with a big ah, uh, get connected with what gives you all that power. Uh, one more time. Uh, and let the universe and everything know about your big dreams, visions, and goals, and give it the opportunity for it to send them your way. Uh, shake those shoulders and wiggle those arms, and let's get ready for a show. Today's kind of different. I have a different co-host today. Debbie is on an airplane headed to San Diego to hang out with Robert Holden. And I've asked one of our sponsors, close friend, confident, all-around groovy person to join us today, and her name is Caroline Mays. Caroline is the owner-operator of Sea Lion Curatorial Press, and I hear her giggling in the background. Hi, Caroline. <laughs> 
Hi, Todd. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I think this is kind of cool, and you've listened to the show on numerous occasions, and you help us blog and help us write show synopsises. Oh, yeah. I thought it would be really cool to have you on. Yeah, thank you. You you twisted my arm, and I got on board. I did twist your arm. (laughs) But you took in a deep breath, and you let out a big ah, and you're all connected and relaxed. That's right. And ready to go. So <laughs> yeah. What what do people need to know that Sea Lion Curatorial Press does? Oh my goodness. Well, it's a content marketing business and so um so there's an <laughs> I'm actually redoing my own content on my homepage right now and I was just writing on there that I I don't I, I've been called a lot of names. I've been called um a videographer and a video editor and a ghost blogger and um, a copywriter. So just when I'm dealing with people's content online, um, there's a lot of different hats that are worn, but it's still all about content and who your audience is and who you are, who your business is, and um, and conveying that. So um, yeah, it's all marketing, content nice. marketing. Tell yeah. us, tell us a little, just a snippet. What what is a ghost blogger? A ghost blogger is when someone is who doesn't like to write but who needs to blog. Um, we have a conversation um, and kind of take an idea or a concept, and and I use the person um, that I'm t- speaking with their own words and language, um, and and just. And I write it for them. Um, and so the, the, organi- the organizing of thoughts and the editing um, and kind of stretching the concept out um, bigger is, is what I help with. So nice. I get it written and edited and, and delivered to them. So. And I can tell you, Caroline helps me with, she's my ghost blogger. So when you read this stuff, <laughs> I have a ghost blog. And it works pretty slick. I, I'm one that... I can write, but it's a huge effort on my part. I just get so into it, and sometimes I just don't have time, and it works really slick. So thank you, Caroline. You're so welcome. (laughs) Okay, I want to remind the listeners that today's show page is at www.lifemasteryradio.net or .com, and you can find all of the information about our guests, links to their website, and any links that we discuss today, we'll make sure that we get up there so that you don't have to write anything down. Just listen, be inspired, and we certainly want you to take some kind of action. And today's show, we have some great information, and I'll guarantee you this much. You know somebody that this can help. So if you hear something that inspires you or you think about somebody, definitely send them send them toward our guest because this is some this is a great message and you're going to have a lot of fun today. So let's just get on with the show here today. My guest today is Jeff Pennypacker and I took an excerpt out of Jeff's book and this is what Jeff said. My parents were divorced when I was 6 years old. This left me to be raised by a hard working single mom. Growing up I was the odd kid out and didn't bond deeply with many other people. I always felt like the underdog who wasn't the smartest in school or the best at any sport. No one seemed to look at me and say, he'll be someday. My dad and I were not close, so I didn't have this leadership pouring into my life either. 
I had the odds of life stacked against me. Then, because of the two mentors in my life, I was able to experience success. I went from the boy who wouldn't amount too much to experiencing, experiencing the level of success every parent wishes for their children. I was about 11 years old when my first mentor, Fred Patrick, began pouring into my life. It is because of his initial influence that I was then able to achieve confidence in life. Did I nail it, Jeff? Jeff, welcome to the show. You nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> Giving me chills listening to you read a portion of my book and just remembering all those years that, uh, that I trans- my life changed. Well, that's interesting because I read that and it gave me chills too. <laughs> but before we get too far into it, Jeff, I got to ask this question. Have you ever traced your last name's history? Well, that's it, it's a funny question because my last name, I call it an acquired last name because my father is actually a Blackburn. On his birth certificate, he's a Blackburn. Mm-hmm. So the, the Pennypacker lineage only, uh, it doesn't really connect to me other than uh, through marriage and legal name changes. I ended up with the Penny Packer last name. So, out of curiosity, just that—that—that that, that is such a cool last name. I just really, and especially for somebody that that teaches success and and how to pack pennies into the bank, <laughs> I, I think it's very fitting. <laughs> you know, it, it, it is. I guess it is very fitting, and it's one of those names that before you turn eighteen, it's the worst name in the world to have because oh, right. there's so many so many names and and riddles and rhymes and just complete abuse from others can can come out of that name. But mm-hmm. as soon as you turn eighteen and you're in the business world, it's a name nobody ever forgets. And it's been right. an asset from that right. day on. Right. I know I dealt with that as a kid too. My last name got butchered and trashed and Oh, my goodness, that just brings back memories. I even had people, you know, when I handed a math paper, they'd go up and erase my name and write in these weird nicknames. And, oh, yeah, it was that brings back memories. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I think we, you know, all, we probably all need some therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Jeff, tell us a little bit more. You know, I, I think I nailed your story, but is there a little bit more that you could highlight and, and get us up to speed of of why you are so motivated to help single moms with young boys? Well, the, the motivation, it, it actually came from, it really came from, uh, I started a mentoring program for fatherless boys. And every time we would go somewhere to speak about it, we'd go to a, a church or an event to speak about how, these, how boys need mentors. And we were actually trying to recruit men out of the community to be the mentors. When we would get done, I would I'd be walking around or standing, you know, standing there and, and chatting with somebody, and, and a mom would come up or a grandmother would come, and they'd literally, like, interrupt it, like, well, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? I'm the one raising it. I'm the one who has, you know, I, I have three of my grandkids that I'm taking care of, or, um, or my, my husband is gone. What, do you, what about me? I don't, need, I don't know what to do. And so really it was from that kind of getting the bombardment of questions that I led me to say, well, 
well, moms, I guess, need a lot more help than I thought. And so now I, I compiled some of my thoughts and I actually had a great mother, a single mother who was, who was phenomenal and still one of my best friends. And so I said, well, maybe, maybe I should share that relationship and what I learned through the years with these moms and maybe we can just, maybe we can help moms. Because the other side of it was when we were recruiting men, it was, we would, we'd recruit 40 men and then we'd train them and only two of them would actually follow through and go get men, get paired up with a, a boy and be his mentor. So I said, there's a lot of work going on for a little bit of result. For every two, you know, two boys that got paired up with a, a mentor, there was a hundred more waiting. So mm-hmm. when you start thinking about that, you say, well, who has the most influence with these boys on a regular basis? And it's mom. So that's why I started focusing on mom because she really has the opportunity to influence uh, her children more than, more than anybody else. Right, right. And she was getting the least amount of help. Right. Let's let's maybe identify some of the issues or challenges that these that moms are having. I mean, we all the world is filled with single moms these days. It's just it it blows me away when I look at some of the statistics and understand and even even people in my field of influence, you know, that that I understand and and listen to their stories and you know they're raising young men and and struggling. What are some of the symptoms, Jeff? What are we looking at? Well, you have to know when I when I started thinking about the single mom aspect of my life, it I wasn't even a parent yet. I didn't even have any children of my own, and I, I now have just a, a year old daughter and another one on the way. So I really will speak about the obstacles really when it comes to um, from from the perspective of the boy, because I'm not a parent. So my book isn't really a parenting book. It, right. It's really a an opening of the mind into what a son. Who is his dad is gone? Who, what he's thinking about, and so the obstacles that the, that really the boy is facing that mom mom deals with on a daily basis are some of the anger towards dad, whether dad is around but absent as far as really in his life and not active, or the dad's completely gone from, from the child's life to the boy's life. You know, the just knowing who this dad figure is and knowing what. You know, like I'll say, in my perspective, I, I wanted to know what what qualities I got from my dad. And for a long time, I thought, well, because my dad's not around, you know, he, maybe he's not he's not a good person. So any quality that I got from my dad, I didn't I didn't want to use it because I thought it was a bad quality. So you're dealing with you're dealing with your son hiding half of who he is because he doesn't know what that half will bring out, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether mom will like him or not, or people will like him or not because of using his, his qualities that his dad had, especially if dad's not around or, or dad wasn't, isn't portrayed as a, a good person, then we're, we're hiding ourselves because we're scared that people won't like us for the same reason. Right. And just to be clear, this this isn't a, an outward sign. So you described it as, you know, being angry at your dad, but a, a single mom wouldn't identify that as being angry at your dad. It would just show up as anger. Am, am I, did I nail it? I think, yeah, you, you nailed it. Most of the time from the, all the guys that I've spent time with, 
you know, I don't have a big statistics for it, but I spent a lot of time with guys who have been injured by this father and, you know, loss of identity. Most of the time, it's we do something else. We act out in other ways. So you're, you're angry at, and you could say angry at life, but mostly you're, you're angry at, uh, you know, some of the actions that you take. You're angry at, uh, at the, really, you get angry at some of the people who have, you're angry and jealous at people who have a life that looks better than yours. With other kids who have a mom and dad that's around. Because you, do, you don't have a dad around. You can't talk about the great things your dad did with you this weekend. And so you become jealous, angry, and bitter towards the people around you because you don't have what they have. And you're too young to really understand right. the complexity of that. Right. Right. Caroline, did you have a question? Oh, I'm just listening, but I um I do I have a lot of questions, but I'm gonna like wait until it till it leads there, actually. <laughs> but can I can I bring this up that um we had a guy on uh, the Facebook our Facebook page Anthony Savini, um and Jeff you might uh, I'm sure you've heard this before, but um Todd mentioned the show and then he said. Girls need their dad too, exclamation point. And he said, uh, is there mentoring for girls? And um, what about motherless boys and girls? And I know we're just getting started, but I was wondering, um, I'm, I'm guessing that you've heard that question before. And so can you, can you say anything to Anthony that would sort of ease his mind? <laughs> well, I have been asked that question uh, numerous times. I've been even asked to, you know, write a book, write a book for, you know, the father's influence on the daughter. And, mm-hmm. and all I can say on that right now is the need is there, but I only speak out of my experience. And so my experience right. is the, is the fatherless son. Cause I, I was, the, you know, in my book and in the things I discussed, and I, I was the son who grew up without his dad. And so I only really, I only have the, I guess the, the experience that I went through to speak about. And, so maybe in my daughter's a year old, maybe in about 20 years, I'll write one for the father's influence in a daughter's life. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, I just got hit by a thought, Caroline. Maybe you could collaborate with Jeff and create a book. Because I Oh, know, yeah. There you go. Because I know <laughs> okay. you might have a little bit of experience in that realm, being a daughter of someone right. who maybe wasn't present, and, and uh, maybe that would work. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We'll talk about it in a couple of years then, Jim. A, a okay. couple of years? No, 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 no. Start right now. This is a, Oh, you think right now? Okay. Yeah. It'll take a, wait. a while to collaborate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jeff, you know, I identified with your story. I grew up. I turned 13 years old. My parents divorced. It was ugly. It was a battle. Um, and, and back then, you know, divorce was a new thing. And, and you know, the parents will be parents. And there was a little bit of pitting the kids against the other parent and, and, you know, trying to get out of that and, and just being all caught up in that. And I can remember being very, very angry. And I think ultimately I took that anger and I found marijuana and of course alcohol. And I just indulged myself. That was the direction. And, 
you know, I look back, I blew my chance to go to MIT. I, you know, I had everything going and although I wouldn't go back and change anything, you know, I ended up at 17 joining the United States Marine Corps and they really gave me some good mentorship. But these are the kinds of things that we can identify happening in these young boys. Oh, absolutely. Every, every day, every day of their life. I mean, society, um, the, the part that hurts the most is that when that happens and kids are being pinned against each other, really, a lot of them are just getting left behind. Nobody is sitting them down and saying, here's the truth. Here, here's, here's what's happened. And here's why it happened. And here, it has nothing to do with you, but you are in the crosshairs. And so now this is the plan. This is what we need to do for you so that you don't become another uh, product of what just happened. And that's not, and that's not happening. Instead, society uh, is just scooping kids up who are lost and, you know, they're looking for, they're looking for all the same things every kid is looking for. They're looking to be encouraged. They're looking for acceptance. They're looking to be challenged. You know, they're, they're looking for love. They're looking for all those things. But when the parents split and there's so much animosity in, in the middle, you're, you're left, you're left with the short end of the stick. And when you, you go out, you, you walk outside, you go to school, uh, you go to college, even, you know, you go into the business community, you're, you're going to look for it in ways that probably aren't, that aren't helpful to you. You know, it turns into drugs, alcohol, pornography. You're just looking for something to do or somebody to do it with. And, and that starts a downward spiral for so many kids that they don't know how to get out of it. And then they end up 30 in rehab and they haven't matured the last 10, 15 years they've spent in, uh, you know, in their life, uh, in, in drugs or in, in being lost. They haven't matured and they have no idea what's going on. Right. That. Right. I think, I think I didn't get it until I was 40. But I'd been, <laughs> but I'd been to treatment for alcoholism twice. Yeah. And and it it just seems like that's that's the ultimate direction for these young kids. I think Jeff, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break. I think if my engineer says it's okay, and we're going to come back, and I want to understand what the mentorship program did for you. So stay tuned. Okay. We've got more Sounds with great. Jeff and Caroline right after this. We all have amazing talents and knowledge that should be shared with the world. Become a host on Contact Talk Radio and help spread your insight and wisdom. Help others grow as you grow your business and reach a level of connection far greater than you could reach on your own. Take the first step and learn more by visiting contacttalkradio.com or contact Cameron at 425 221-3646. Continue to spread the word about the importance of conscious living. Did you know that you can rate our shows on iTunes? Yep, you can share your thoughts about the topics, the hosts, and the special guests. You can also leave a suggestion. Then, when you're done, rate the show. The hosts love your feedback, and others appreciate it. So next time you download a show... 
take a second to leave your thoughts and rate it. If you want to stay on top of everything that's happening at Contact Talk Radio, there's no simpler way than following us on Twitter. You'll know what shows are currently playing, who the special guests are, what topics are being discussed. The information is always fresh. You can follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash CTR Network. It's easy. Again, that's twitter.com slash CTR Network. Better living is just a tweet away. Welcome back to Life Mastery Radio. If you just tuned in or tuned in a little bit late, my guest today is Jeff Pennypacker, and he is the author of an amazing book that has the ability to make a huge difference in somebody that you know's life and their children's life. The name of the book, Broken Boys, Extraordinary Men, Mentoring Moms Through the Seven Obstacles Stealing Manhood from Their Boys. And Jeff, we we spend a little bit the first half of the show talking about you know what that looks like, what it looks like for a young man with uh without dad in the picture, and there was there was some great description and sharing of your own personal story. So let's in, interject now. You had mentors come into your life, and what did that do for you? Well, I really attribute my entire life and. I mean, writing a book and everything I've, everything I've done in my life and success that I've had to the mentors in my life. I mean, when, when my first mentor, Fred Patrick, when I started mowing his lawn and he wouldn't pay me, he, he would literally like hold the money from me until <laughs> he was done teaching me something. We'd stand in the driveway and, and you know, I'm, I'm 11 years old. I'm 12 years old and I'm, I just really want the money so I can, I can get on with my day. And he would he would hang out. Usually, I would mow on you know, sometime during the day, and I'd I'd go to his house as soon as I saw his car pull in from work, and, and he'd be in his business clothes, and we'd stand in his driveway. And sometimes it was five minutes, sometimes it was an hour, pretty much until he got until he got through to me. We stood there, and then when he got through to me with whatever he wanted to teach me, principles I still use today. Yeah. He uh, he would pay me, and I and I'd go on my way. And um, when, when we left, uh, I knew Fred Patrick in Texas. When we left Texas, there was a void in my life. And so from there, I started to actually go after people I wanted to be in my life and creating that mentor relationship. And so I've had numerous mentors ever since and will always have them in my life. And now, because of that, I, I've tried to always keep you know a couple of guys around that I'm doing the same thing to so is that's awesome. Go ahead, Carolyn. Oh, nothing. I was just saying that that's fantastic to have a mentor in your life. I mean, I I can just speak from my own personal experience, and I didn't get you know a mentor until I was in my thirties. And I mean, and it because when when you're dealing with, I mean, I'm 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 speaking of more from a from growing up in, in dysfunction, but you do get sort of emotionally stunted and you're and you're holding on to this teenage angst from you know, that's that's old, you know, like through your adult life. And so it's um getting a mentor is someone that kinda helps you walk through that anger and so um it's when you can finally grow up, you know, at least. 
you know, that's that's a really key point because some of my mentors, they weren't always super nice to me, but they helped me grow up. And right. I've had mentors in business, in my spiritual life. Uh, you know, I've had uh, mentors for my my marriage. I mean, it's really, uh, I've had mentors in all parts of my life. And, and none of them have really let me, you know, take the easy route in any, any which way. And I commend them for that. Well, right. let's speak to that just a little bit because you, you, you touched on it a little bit, Jeff, and that's that emotional component. So I think the statement was, is, you know, you, you didn't grow or you weren't allowed to grow or they're not allowed to grow, I should, I should say, because I think that's what you said. Emotionally, they're just, they just become stagnant because, like you said, they're not being taught those principles. They're not being taught those core values through interaction and action, which is our best teacher, as young men. That's absolutely the, the truth. When I spent, you know, time at, a, I spent a lot of time at a recovery house where there was most of the guys had, you know, spent at least 10 years in some, some sort of addiction. And when you spend time with them, they, the things that come out of their mouth, the, the words that they speak and the emotions that they have, it's like they're 15 still, but they're 25 year old, you know, supposed mm-hmm. to be men. And it's, it's because they've spent so much time uh, not being challenged and not having someone who actually you know, cares about them and pouring into their life. And instead they've spent their, their time in some sort of, you know, habit that has kept them from maturing. It, it's sad, but it's, it's the reality of so many of our young adults and even, you know, middle-aged, middle-aged men. I mean, and women, I'm sure, but uh, in, in my experience, you know, it's mostly been with the men that they're, they're missing out on that leadership. And then they don't know how to lead their family. They don't know how to uh, lead, their, lead their work. And it's like a cycle that keeps them keeps them down when all of them have so much potential oh. to do so much more with their life and in their communities. Right, right. Yeah, sure. I I think um, there's a lot of neuroscience out there that supports this. I was just reading an article, um, another one, but um, you know, just the the drugs and alcohol. Just whatever age you are when you start doing that, that's where you stop developing those skills, um, those emotional skills, because you've been using substances to, um, to deal with things, you know, and so you just kind of stop growing. And so you can be a 15 year old and a 25 year old man, you know, 30 year old man body. Um, and that, that is, I mean, if you, if you looked at your brain, you know, on a, on a on a brain scan, I mean, it would be similar to that of a, of a child in those areas of the brain. It's crazy. Hmm. You know, it, it is, and I, and I don't want to, I don't want to miss that there is also a, a large segment of men who didn't have any sort of, you know, drug use or alcohol abuse or, you know, they, don't, they didn't have any sort of addiction that, that kind of kept them from maturing. But because there wasn't a, you know, a caring dad who, who said, you know, son, that's not right. You know, this is, this is a man of integrity and this is a man of character and who set out a path of 
what 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 integrity is and what character is and what you know what values are will be respected by you internally and those around you when that's not being painted in front of the children in front of the kids so that they have to live up to those then they're really leading this life as like what uh, John Eldred would say uh, the life of quiet desperation right right no, no, no gumption. I guess is what you're trying to say, right? No, no drive. No, just kind of existing in life. Exactly. Right. You know, I found that if I didn't have mentors challenge me, and one of my, um, I call him the old man, Big Chuck. I mean, when I'd go to his house and he'd mentor me about business, and I'd tell him what was going on. Sometimes he'd literally yell at me and say, "That's not how you treat a customer. <laughs> you need to call them back right now. You need to fix it." And that changed my entire business career and helped me become successful by knowing that some of the things I was doing were unacceptable to the people around me. Yeah, big. It's a big deal, and we, you know, so in in your book, you talk about seven obstacles, and I don't I don't want to give your book away because I think it's a great read, and I think it's got a lot of good information. But maybe entice us just a little bit, Jeff, with. What are those obstacles that single moms are facing? Well, I, I will, I'll, I'll bullet point the, the seven obstacles for you right now. The first one is I believe every boy should know the dad in himself. Know that the qualities he got from his mother is half of him and his dad is the other half. And, and moms should make an intentional effort to show the son um, what those qualities are, the good and the, the bad and the ugly just so he has an honest, truthful view of who he is and where he got his qualities from. Um, the second is belief. Belief is it's just huge. I don't think we can do anything unless you've got somebody authentically cheering and believing in you. Right. And I tell a couple of stories in there about how my mother, just her belief in me, how it literally changed the trajectory of my entire life and a few of the other people in my life that have done that for me. And then venture. And now that I'm a parent and I have a, a wonderful wife, and adventure is so important to our children. And I can see that mothers, that nurturing nature of a mother, you have to almost be trained on how to adventurize your children and adventurize your son because he's going to need it. He, and he's going to need to get hurt and he's going to need to get beat up and he's going to need to go zip line and jump off a cliff, whatever it's going to be. He's going to need it. And most moms, if dad's not there to kind of push mom over the edge and say, no, you know, our son needs to do this, that moms will hold them back and they'll protect them for too long. And then we're, we're just dying for adventure on the inside. Um, and then uh, mistakes. Challenging mistakes is, is the fourth one. We, we have to learn, just as my, I just said a minute ago with my mentor, how I made mistakes, but no one challenged me to make them right. Right. And mom's going to learn how to challenge her son to make right their wrong because we're going to make mistakes our entire life. We don't have to deal with it. It's going to be a problem. Uh, mentors, um, since a lot of mentoring programs are very successful, but I believe if you really want a mentor, you should teach your son how to go get his own. And I, I actually outline that process in pretty, in pretty well detail in that chapter so that you can teach your son how to go get his own mentors and be responsible for the growth of his own life. And that one is, is my, is, if you read nothing else, just 
open up my book, go to obstacle number five, and read about mentors. Well, Jeff, and, let's let's hold up just there for a second sure. because let's let identify. So there are some nationwide programs. At least I know I knew that there used to be. So is is there still an organization called Big Brothers of America and uh, there's, most? There's Big Brothers Big Sisters. Uh, some of the YMCA's have mentoring programs. There are one-off mentoring programs. There's also the, the Mentoring Project, which they're doing very well. Uh, Donald Miller, an author, started the Mentoring Project, and now John Sowers uh, runs that. And, and I've had, I've, I've had quite a bit of interaction with them, and they're doing phenomenal. So there's a lot of mentoring programs, uh, but my my take is different. Like My mom didn't sign me up for a mentoring program, and I waited for someone to come knocking on my door and say, hey, I'm going to be your mentor. All of my mentors are guys that I saw that had qualities that I wanted, right. and I literally would go and knock on their door and and hang and hang around until they said, "Okay, I'll show you. I'll show you something." Nice. And that every boy can do. Every boy can knock on a door, go um, you know, go ask his coach, "Can I stay? Can I stay after? Can you show me? You know, can uh, can we? You know." run some more plays, and really, it doesn't really matter um, what you do. It's the fact that you make that intentional connection with somebody, and when you do that, they see that you care and that you ha- you can speak into their life, and it's a beautiful relationship. Right. Well, what does that look like then, Jeff? What does it look like for a mom to encourage her son to find a mentor? Well, it looks like, you know, of course, we have to deal with it these problems and moms want to be safe and I don't want to encourage a mom to put her son in some crazy situation that right, would end up on the news right so you, you have to be a little bit diligent and but when you if you sit down with your son and ask him or you don't even have to sit down you kind of be fly about it just while you're making dinner or whatever ask your son well oh, hey who who do you like who, who do you respect who has qualities that you admire and it might be well, you know, uh, the next door neighbor, you know, I, I really like how he keeps, you know, how he keeps his car so clean all the time. I mean, it, you know, and I really like that he's got a 1969 Camaro and I, I want to drive one of those. It, it could be that, it, you know, it, it could be, you know, my, my coach, you know, you know, I'm, I'm in basketball and soccer, but I really, you know, a soccer coach, man, he's, he's just great. He's just great. And he really, he really pushes us hard, mom, you know, and you start to first ask some questions to your son, and then he will reveal some people in his life that he probably respects and admires and wants to be like. You know, and then from there, you can take a couple different routes, like go meet with the coach or go meet with the neighbor, and, you know, if you need to, you know, ask him, you know, my son really respects you. Would you mind, could he spend some more time with you? And then vet him, you know, say, you know, it takes the next-door neighbor. You can probably ask the next-door neighbor to take a background check. And mm-hmm. Big Brothers, Big Sisters, or one of the local organizations will probably can do the checks for you. Right. And um, I, I've had experience with that. And and then encourage your son, give him opportunities to spend time with with that person. For me, I just I just took the opportunities, and I teach moms. You know, I mean, Fred Patrick. I, after a while, I would just go over and hang out and talk with him. And then when he was gone, I, I when I we moved from from Texas and we moved up to Johnson City, Tennessee. The guy who hired me in my first restaurant job, I was 16 years old. He became like an older brother. 
to me. And because I was looking for somebody to fill that void. And so I right. snatched them up. Um, and I also teach about the mentoring relationship, how it's, it's as much the, the child, you know, the mentee's relate, responsibility to have a great relationship as it is the mentors. Right. And that's what all mentoring programs aren't teaching that I've seen. Is there's a responsibility for the mentee to show up to to want to be a part of the relationship. And, right, some and that, responsibility, really yeah. Yeah, on both sides. Right, right. Okay, so th- I think there's two more. Sure, this, yeah, you're on the point. So obstacle number six is things only a mom can do, and that really talks about, mom, your specific role as, as mom in the life of your son and what you can do to navigate that as far as building a relationship that goes from nurturer to trusting, like a trust, trusting, trustable friend in uh, in the relationship. You kind of have to get over being a nurturer and go to your son's trusted advisor. And that's, that's a very precarious bridge you might walk across, but it's mm. worth it. Worth it. Every step of the way. My mom and I still, because of, because of that, we have a amazing relationship where I can tell my mom just about anything and I'm comfortable doing so because she put away nurturer and became my trusted advisor. It's scary. I won't say it wasn't scary for my mother, but I recommend it to just about everybody. Right. And, and then number seven, okay. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, just looking at my own experience, I think it, I think it's more scarier for a mom to stand back feeling helpless. Oh, they don't like it at all. But sometimes that's what they need to do. Well, I mean, helpless in the fact that they're standing there and they don't know what they've got. They've got a young man, a young adolescent, um, that they're, they have no idea what to do in, in their life. There's something not right. They're, you know, they're angry. And, and I, I think that that's more of a scarier situation than at least picking up your book and, and knowing that there's some solutions and there's some great solutions. Yeah, and none of them, and I mean, every mom that reads that chapter says there's no way I'm going to do that. But every mom that does it eventually will build a relationship with their, with their son that will be amazing. Nice. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's scary. You know, it's just, it's scary too to have a son who, you, who you're not as trusted advisor and he tells you nothing and he's out doing whatever with whoever whenever right is is this an example of um of a mom um quote of abusing their power i was really interested you wrote um you you mentioned the the hindering mom versus the mentoring mom and you said that um, a mom's influential power increases when dad is gone. And then you write, please don't abuse your power. And that was one of my questions is how, how do moms abuse their power? Moms can abuse their power in, in many ways because there's no dad to balance it. So mom can say anything mm-hmm. she wants to about dad. She can say anything she wants to about how you're supposed to live your life. Um, she, and she can do those things. She can do those things in it can be very helpful or it can be hurtful because most, and I don't want to, I have to tread this one lightly, okay, but moms (laughs) love their children so much they want to protect them. It's that that natural, I say I talk about it in the book, it's they want to nurture first and the second, if they get to it, they'll teach your son to be a leader. 
And so that nurturing is so powerful that they a lot of times overprotect and keep their children using that influence without dad to balance it out to keep them from a lot of life. And that's where they, they abuse their power because they're the, they're like the, the main ruler of the home. And they're the, they're the only one who says yes, no, or, you know, yes or no for whatever activities a boy might want to do. And a lot of times it's just out of fear. And out of fear for their son might get hurt or what they might get into, that they're, they basically overuse their power to stay in control so that they feel good as a parent, so that they, they feel safe yeah. when their, their child is suffering because they're not being exposed to the world around them that they're going to have to engage with at some point. Right. Okay. And then like you're, we were just talking about with the mentor, this would be some serious relinquishing of power to let, um, let your son be, be mentored by someone, a male figure, let's say. It, it, it would. And it'd be, well, it's relinquishing of power. Say, like for instance, a quick short story. When I was 15 years old, my mom found beer in my room and we had this mm-hmm. huge fight. At the end of the huge fight, she was, we just, we, we not, we had it out. My sister chimed in and she was crying over those tears. It was, it was terrible. But at the end of it, my mom was like, all right, if you just tell me the truth, I'll let you do whatever you want. And so the next weekend when I was like, okay, here's the truth. I'm going to a party. And she had to, she had to either like, you know, own up to what she said she was going to do or she had to back out. And you know, my mom relinquished that. She said, okay, you, you go. I told you if, you, if you would tell me where you would be and what you're doing, I would let you go. And she did. And that's how we started a, a relationship of trust that I could tell my mom anything and who I was doing it with, where I was doing it, what I was doing, so that I actually wanted to rebel about 90% less than before that moment. Right. There was some trust. There was a trust built up, and and now you didn't have to. Yeah, interesting. And right. that's something only a mom can do. Yeah, because mom's always going to want to nurture us, and it. I, I see it here in the relationship with my wife and our daughter, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful, but it takes to, it takes us both to make it happen. Right. Mm. I think you have one more, Jeff. I do, and this one's the biggest one of all. Um, the man your son needs to know. And I, I want to say this first. I mean, you know, I'm sure your listeners have, they have all different types of beliefs and, 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 uh, and different things and faith. And I don't, I don't want to disrespect anybody. But I want you to know, for me and my journey, when I came to know Jesus as my Savior, it completely changed my life. I was, I was 24 years old. I'm sorry, 20, I was 26 years old. And for me, I've seen the transformation that having that knowledge of him and reading the reading the Bible and what has taught me has, he's become my greatest mentor of all. And so if a mom is interested in having her son know this man, know the, the man for me who supersedes any, my, my earthly father and any other man I've ever met, um, it would be, it would be knowing him, it would be knowing Jesus. And so, you know, my book, I, I hope moms will, uh, will see how amazing a man he was and is. And, 
overcome the obstacle and point, point their son to him because he's the, he's the only one who's never failed me in my entire yes. life. One of the greatest mentors known to man, I'd have to say. Yes, and I totally <laughs> believe, believe that. And and so I, I really couldn't say enough about, yeah. you know, and we have a lot of obstacles. When when a boy has been, has been I guess, being jaded towards his father, a lot of times they they walk away from anything that says father and, and uh, God or Jesus or any type of faith that could, um, you know, spirituality that would help them guide their life beyond the worldly problem. They right. will turn from it just because they associate that with their earthly father and they have hurt them or left. Right. Right. You awesome. get them over that. Awesome. You've got, uh, You've got it. You've got some great points in this book, and I want to encourage our listeners that you know, if you know, this would make a great gift to somebody that you know, and just say, "Hey, read it." If you can identify with it, and you know, this 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 has the potential to make a huge difference. I want to just switch gears just a little bit, Jeff. And can you describe for us what the what the the ideal mentor? looks and acts like we have a lot of listeners out there that might know somebody that this would be a cool thing for them to do to, to create a legacy or to help create a legacy. You know, a, a mentor is really anybody. I mean, literally Fred Patrick was, I mean, I mowed his lawn and he spent two minutes with me, sometimes an hour with me, you know, in his driveway. And that literally changed the whole trajectory of my life. You were able to hang on to his words, is what I'm getting. I mean, just oh, absolutely. Every, right. He taught every, me principles like spend some to save some, and always upsell, and always, always do uh, do a great job. I mean, he would say, "Hey, Jeff, you missed a spot on my lawn," and I would have to go back over and fix it. <laughs> you know, right. and, and or you know, you trimmed it, but it's not it's not perfectly straight. You know, or, or edge the side. You know, it just those things taught me you know, life lessons that I'll never forget. And I use them every day. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, even even uh, my executive chef, when I, I went to culinary school, and then when I, gradu- when I graduated, I started working at Biltmore State in Asheville, North Carolina. And the executive chef there became one of my uh, greatest mentors as well. And he, he took me under his wing, but most people, most people didn't like him. He was a very... Uh, confident man he was he was loud he cursed a lot he would yell at you and he he didn't accept any failure by any means for anything and he, he kept three kitchens going in tip-top condition all the time sounds and like one of my drill instructors exactly he was he was he was you you would enjoy this he he was military he was, he was a marine and he got hit by a car and broke his leg and before and before he was uh, he had supposed to like, you know, be on a commission for six weeks, and like three weeks later, he was he was up serving, doing banquets because he was a he was a cook in the military, right. and because he was just one of those guys, he was unstoppable. Right. And most people, it turned most people off because sometimes he would scream and yell in your face and make you want to cry. But he taught me everything he knew because I was willing to take it. So maybe his delivery wasn't perfect, and maybe he's listening. I don't know. Chef, if you're listening, you know, I have <laughs> the utmost respect for you. Because 
maybe the delivery wasn't perfect, but the lessons are some things I use, you know, again, every day, my entire life. Oh, my goodness, Jeff, we just have about five minutes left, and this has just been a, a wonderful discussion and I think a great message, and oh, my gosh, you, you are... You are um, you are a mentor in your own right in just driving forward with this. I think it's just really, really a great thing. Um, is is there one last message that you have for the listeners that comes to mind? Well, you know, my main like life dream is for everyone to have one and be one. You know, when we are talking about mentors, it's it, the only way to really leave a legacy that holds to this, you know, to our, to our life is, you know, money, you know, they take, like they say, you can't take money to the grave with you. And, uh, but Hey, you know what? You should try to be successful and make as much as you can do some good with it. I'm not opposed to that either, but a legacy, like, you know, Fred Patrick, I don't even know if he's alive or not anymore. Um, I haven't been in contact with him since I was 16 years old, but what he has taught me has shaped my life. Right. And so my message to really to the world is, I think everybody can be a mentor to somebody. And I think everybody should have at least one mentor and be a mentor to somebody else. And there's, there's, no, there's no reason why we, we can't. The only thing I see that stops most people is they think, I don't have anything to offer. But you know what? The only thing Fred had to offer was his grass that was growing. You know? And the only thing you know, Chef Adams had to offer was me a job. And I, I, I took it. And... That was, you know, what started all of it for me. Right. And so, have if you want to really change the world, you have to leave a legacy that that's bigger and longer than you. And mm -hmm. I think mentoring is one of the greatest ways to do that. Nice. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you for being on the show today, and I definitely am going to put you on our bring them back and talk more about this great topic and your great message. So, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm honored to be here. And Caroline, you've been excellent. You've been great. Thank you for, thanks for having <laughs> thanks, me. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. I'm thanks. super excited. And even more so now that we got to share a little bit of the message with your listeners. Nice. Caroline, we just have about two minutes left. Did you get a good takeaway today? I did. I, you know, from talking to Jeff and, and reading his book, uh, for me personally, it's sort of, um, it's made it okay to to need mentors, you know. Like I've I've had moments where I'm like, God, I've needed a lot of help, you know, in my life, and and I've also wondered if I've returned the favor, and I and I feel like I I'm I'm definitely there, and and uh, I feel good about the the mentoring that I get to do in my life, but it also um, I don't know, it's just it just made it okay that 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 I needed as much help as, as I've gotten in my life. So very cool. Nice. Well, I think you were asking the right person and it's just a matter of you listening to that right person for the answer. So there right. you go. Totally. <laughs> That's all we have for today. I want to thank my guest again, Jeff and Caroline for joining me in this awesome discussion. Tune in again next week for another life mastery journey and some tools for you to take along with you. That's it for today. Bye-bye for now. Remember, make it a great day. It's all about choice. See you later, alligator. <laughs>
Thank you for tuning in to Life Mastery with Todd Allen, the talk radio show that dives into the science of higher consciousness. Join Todd and his guests weekly at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and learn how to live a peaceful life. For more information on Todd and his guests, visit his website at www.lifemasteryradio.net. That's www.lifemasteryradio.net. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.